Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Art of Human. My name is Sapien. I am your host. And today, I'm glad to announce that it's the very first Talking with a Health Expert episode. So as the name implies, I talk with a health expert and we get talking about juicy stuff that hopefully motivates you and gives you perspective to live a healthier, happier life. Woo! <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, who did I have on the show? His name is Rum Malisarn and he is the Assistant Athletic Director of Sports Performance at Cal Poly Pomona. Cal Poly Pomona is an NCAA Division II school here in California, and it's actually the same school that I attended for five years as a student athlete. I was a cross-country and track and field runner, and Rum was the guy I went to to get all the help I needed to stay fit, to stay healthy, um, but he, he was also compassionate enough to where you know I can go up to him and just talk about whatever and just have fun, so he was a super awesome a health professional guy but you know he's just a, um, a genuine human being who is just compassionate caring humble and I don't know he just lights up many people's days so I thought that having him on the show would be super awesome uh, some more technical stuff about rum uh, before becoming the assistant athletic director of sports performance he was the head athletic trainer here at Cal Poly Pomona for 14 years and so he's been committed to this university for so many years. So he's a very loyal guy as well. Um, before being here at Cal Poly Pomona, he was at Fresno State, which is an NCAA Division I school. So he was working with athletes from there. And he's also worked with athletes at the X Games. He's uh, been a part of the medical staff at the X Games for on 10 different occasions. So 10 years. And um, so he's got so much experience working with athletes. And um, but like I said, I think the big, big thing is that Rum's just an awesome human being, super compassionate, super caring, humble, humble, humble. And um, yeah, that's why I wanted to have him on the show. I think it'd be really cool. And yeah, guys, without further ado, I really do hope you enjoy this episode. Um, that is it. Let's go. <laughs> I wanted to start off this podcast by first off just getting Rum to explain a little bit about his approach and his profession. Uh, so what I do now as the director of sports performance here at, at Cal Poly Pomona is try to create an environment where we can address the issues that athletes need from a holistic perspective and address them as human beings and people and not just an athlete that's here to complete some task and play in some game. Uh, so we look at everything from strength and conditioning, nutrition, mental health, uh, you know, the psychological needs, obviously their injuries and everything they do with my background as an athletic trainer um, and put all of those pieces together um, in order to allow our athletes or student athletes to be as successful as possible. Wow, so it's a pretty well-rounded program you got here, and I know. Um, and you mentioned mental health, you know, sports performance. I mean, there's you guys are tackling everything because a lot of people get lost in just like the training aspect, hitting the weights, and like that thing. But I think mental health is like something that a lot of people don't consider, and nutrition, and you guys are tackling both those things. So what? 
when did you start um, incorporating those two things into your practice? I think it w- we've always addressed it in some ways. I mean, there were definitely years as an athletic trainer where I probably spent as much time just talking to athletes about nutrition or just being an ear to, you know, to listen to some things that we're going through. Um, but it's been about four or five years now that we have taken a more direct and purposeful approach in doing this and and bringing in a lot of resources, uh, within the campus and off campus to, you know, we have, we're fortunate enough to have a campus staff psychologist that comes down, um, and is available for, drop-in hours for student-athletes. We have a registered dietitian that oversees some nutrition educators that help educate our athletes and our teams about how they should eat and what they should be putting into their bodies in order to perform uh, in the best possible way. Uh, We have an awesome strength and conditioning coach, and he's got his staff uh, to address those aspects of – you know, the athletes needs as well. And then obviously all our coaches and staff here who are all awesome people to work with. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to be in this environment here. Yeah. And I could, I could tell you listeners that rum isn't lying because I was a student athlete here and everything he's saying is super legit. And this facility is just super awesome run with beautiful humans. And, I, uh, you know, having been here, I, I know that it's a collective process. I know that you know, being a good athlete is a collective process and it's because of people like Rum who are here to facilitate and be a leader that that you can have a successful program. And I guess just to go on to this whole human thing, you know, I think everything comes out being a collective effort. You know, I think a lot of the most miraculous things that we see from individuals, people only take into consideration that, but it's like, what kind of help did that person have? And so, yeah, I really think what you're doing, Rum, is super beautiful, and I, I'm very grateful for people like you that are doing this kind of thing. Appreciate you saying that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I wanted to move on <clears throat> to a few like kind of specific questions that are tailored towards your craft of being an athletic trainer and just someone who oversees like an entire athletic department and who's had so much experience working with athletes at the collegiate level, but also at the professional level. Um, so here's my first question for you. What's your biggest piece of advice for a young athlete who wants to be successful at the collegiate and or professional level? My biggest advice definitely would be to work on your consistency and be committed to what you do and understand that it's a it's a long process. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing magical about it. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of hard work. It, it takes that commitment day in and day out. Um, and it takes repeating the right things, doing the right things, doing it the right way over and over and over again and mm-hmm. understanding that it is going to take a lot of time mm-hmm. and it is going to take a lot of work in order to be successful at this level. Um, you know, I think it's very, very possible uh, when you make it to the collegiate level and obviously definitely at, at the professional level you were probably one of the top athletes growing up in in your town or in your state and at your school and all of a sudden you get here and every single one of your teammates was also the best player on their team and was the best player in their region and 
And now how do you mentally and physically adjust to a higher level of training and a higher level of competition and a higher level of physical demand and mental demand? Um, and how long are you able to sustain that? And to me, that's what makes athletes and people be able to take the next step in whatever it is, whether it's athletics or something else. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. And that's practical. And I like how you finished that off by saying, you know, that this is those kind of uh, advice that you're giving out about consistency and just being mentally prepared for the for the change and being humble enough to recognize that when you do go up, you're not going to be the top of the top anymore. You're kind of going to have to work your way back up. And I think that's very, that's an interesting perspective. And uh, yeah, I, I could also relate that, like you said, to just outside of athletics, because let's say, for instance, someone who has a job and they've been very good at it and they've been, you know, performing well and they get a promotion, but now they get like all these other new responsibilities. And, you know, sometimes people stay very arrogant and they think like they're like the best, but then they might fail very quickly because of their arrogance. So something that I, I like to keep in my head is just having that beginner's mindset, always being humble, having that beginner's mindset. And I think that'll help a lot of people to, to progress forward and not allow their ego to get in the way. Definitely. So that's kind of my little spiel on that thing. Um, so yeah, we'll move on to the next question here. What do you feel is the most, the single most, most biggest mistake that athletes do consistently? I think athletes, for the most part, especially young athletes, fail to recover properly. Mm. Um, you know, again, you make it this far, you probably have some level of natural talent, some physical gifts, uh, hopefully some great coaches and, and things like that. And your your body is also, when it's younger, able to recover uh, from training from day to day, in reality, your training and volume of practice in middle school and high school is probably less than you're going to see at the collegiate level. Uh, so understanding how important it is to fill your body with good quality food and the proper amount of food, and then making sure you're getting enough rest and sleep and hydration, all those things as well, to take care of your body the other 20 to 22 hours of the day that you're not training and doing something that's specifically related to your sport okay yeah i think that's totally awesome because i know from my personal experience it takes a lot of effort to do those things that you mentioned to stay on top of your nutrition to stay on top of your recovery because i mean being a student athlete you get overwhelmed by homework you're having to stay up late and if especially if you're not disciplined enough to kind of pace yourself at your homework and you leave it off for last minute and then you've got a competition on Saturday, but you haven't you have a paper that you haven't written. You're staying up till two a.m. on Saturday morning. You know there there goes that. And so yeah, I guess from my personal experience, I would say that you have to prep, right? Like you have to to acknowledge that you're on the go, so you have to prepare those meals ahead of time. You have to put in the effort to get those snacks. You have to be disciplined enough to carry your water bottle all the time. And I know that perhaps this sounds kind of overwhelming, but once you build the habit, it's not a big deal anymore. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's no, not I, a big deal. I think part of it, too, is just understanding that, you know, I think we grow up and we think that everything that we do only is happening on the court or on the track or on the field. And once we leave that, we can kind of go on with the rest of our lives. But the reality is to take that next step and to take that 
you know, to go to the next level. Um, it's a, it's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week commitment to do every little thing, uh, to put your body and your mind in the most opportune, uh, position to be successful. Okay. So the next question I got here, what's the most surreal athletic prowess that you have witnessed or been a part of during all this time in athletics? I think I've been fortunate enough to be around some pretty incredible athletes. I, you know, I've worked at division one universities. I've worked at obviously here, the division two, I've had an opportunity to work with professional athletes through X games and, um, see some pretty amazing people, uh, and see some pretty amazing talents. Uh, but again, this is not a sexy answer, but I, I, you know, I think what's surreal and what's still impressive to me is those who are able to do it consistently, consistently, like we talked about before. Um, you know, you, you have your Travis Pastrana's and X games and Michael Jordan's and LeBron James, depending on which generation you want to think your best athlete is, um, you know, track athletes. I mean, we just had the marathon record broken. Yeah. Under two hours and, um, and things like that. And, And we always see, we always see the final result. We always see, you know, what's close to the finished product by the time it's on TV or in a magazine or on social media. And that's what we strive to be. What we don't see is the hours and hours and days and months and years of time and effort being put into that. Uh, so I think having been involved in this world and this profession for you know 25 years as a professional and growing up and, and being an athlete since I was seven or eight years old, um, those who are able to do it consistently and have the mental toughness and the mental capability to understand that they're going to get up the next day no matter how they feel and do all the right things again and then repeat that the next day and then repeat that the day after that um, at the highest level is what's incredibly impressive to me. Yeah, okay. Um, And I like what you're saying, but I want to take another perspective on it because I know me listening to you, I can relate to you because of my experience and having gone that path of just being consistent day in, day out, waking up, just going at it. Even if my body's extremely sore, you kind of just pound it out, right? Because you have to have that discipline. But I also want listeners to recognize that it's actually not as scary as it may seem, right? Like I don't, because a lot of times people tell me that this is so hard, this, this and that. You have to do, like you have to be so disciplined. You can't eat any bad foods you you know you have to get your eight hours every day which it's totally good to obviously have those good habits of sleeping well and eating well but it's also could be a harmful thing to be obsessed with it going perfectly because i know i've personally done that i've been obsessed with coach says i have to run 80 miles this week i'm gonna hit it no matter what my right leg, my calf is is hurting right now but you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go do it because you know coach is uh you know, coach is telling me that I can do it and like, oh, the, the pain that I'm feeling, you can just overcome it, like just ice it and take care of it. But you also have to have the perspective that you are a human being. Your body does have certain limitations. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to deny that you can make something a vision not come true, but you also have to respect your body and respect everything about it. And I think when we find that we respect our body, I think when we understand our body, 
and then we kind of find the right amount for us, I think that's when you could optimize. And that's when you have people who have long careers. When you have that longevity, I think it comes from people who make those subtle improvements year and year, right? And you make those subtle, um, you know, kind of changes in your training regimen. I think that's when you see a lot of the great athletes. And what you were saying, you just said what you're most impressed with is those teams or those individuals who do miraculous things year after year after year. But those people wouldn't be able to do that for 10, 15 years if they were legit killing themselves every day. And, and, you know, I I think that's a, it's a great way to to put it in a great perspective because they consistent consistency and, and the things that I'm able to address now with our teams and our athletes is that consistency includes rest and recovery and, mm-hmm. and knowing your body and making good decisions in that respect. Um, you know, it's just as important as, as training hard when you're able to train hard. So, you know, it's, I think it's great that you pointed that out. It's not always, you know, we get to hear terms now like be a beast, be a lion, you mm-hmm. know, the, the grind and all of that stuff. And you know, I think it's a lot of false pressure that every single day you've got to bear yourself into the ground until mm-hmm. you're just miserable. And um, that's definitely not the the key to success. It's it's being consistent with with all of those aspects of it and listening to your body and understanding that and consistently making good decisions in that area as well. Um, so that's a great piece to point out. Yeah. And, you know, my first uh, solo run episode that came out, it's called The Flow State. And I kind of talk about this idea of flow in which, you know, a person does an activity. Right now we're talking about athletics, but it, you can get into a flow state from doing anything. The way it kind of works, if you visualize a graph and you have the x-axis, the horizontal line, and the y-axis, the y-axis, as you go up, you're going more anxiety, right? But I want to say that anxiety doesn't always correlate f- of negative. It's not always negative. A certain level of anxiety can be good. Because you get anxiety when you go into flight or fight, right? So your body gives you a lot of energy and all that. When you're getting a high level of anxiety from just being stressed about the interview you have coming up, that's going to be bad. If you have anxiety because you're in a bad relationship and you have all that cortisol and all that going throughout the whole day, that's terrible. But if you have just a moderate amount, then that's good because it keeps you focused, it keeps you on edge. And then the x-axis, you have difficulty, right? So then as an athlete or just as any individual trying to accomplish anything, if you find that perfect, not perfect, I don't believe in perfect, but if you find that kind of sweet spot Mm -hmm. and where the activity is challenging enough to where you're not bored, to where you have a little bit of anxiousness, to where you're focused and engaged, you get into that flow state where time feels like it passes by you, like perception of time is not there. Everything just feels really great. And I think if people were to, when they exercise and do their thing, if they practice the art of being in that flow state, then that could potentially prevent you from having so many injuries, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, as <laughs> as a competitive swimmer, my my best races, I don't remember at all. I mm-hmm. ended up in this place and everything just felt good. Everything mm-hmm. felt effortless. And, you know, and there are other times when I just try to, I was feeling myself just trying to drag myself through the water, like mm-hmm. get myself to the end of the race. And, you know, the times didn't match up with the effort I felt like I was putting mm-hmm. in. But sometimes everything just ends up, you know, as close to an ideal situation as you can between the, those two things. You know, and it's also interesting, you know, the idea of anxiety and nerves and excitement. 
is the, you know, the physical symptoms that you have when you're anxious, your heart rate increases, your body temperature goes up, um, your head feels kind of fuzzy, uh, and all of these things. They're the exact same symptoms of being excited. Your heart rate goes mm-hmm. up, you know, your body temperature increases, your, you know, your mind gets a little funny and sometimes it gets focused. It's a matter of when you are feeling that way, how do you control that? How do you mm-hmm. manage that? How do you put yourself into a good place and use that energy? Mm-hmm. And I think people who are great at what they do, whether it's in athletics or whether it's in business or whether it's in music or, you know, whatever their area is, um, that sweet spot exists out there for every single thing if you mm-hmm. can get yourself there. Yeah, and it's fascinating because let's talk about, you know, me having been here at Cal Poly competing in both cross country and track and field. I feel like it was it, my very last cross country race that I had here. It was actually unattached. If you remember, my yep. last season I had a track season, but for cross country I I was already out of eligibility, but I was still training because of track. And so I ran one unattached race my my fifth year college and it was at the Sacramento course. And it's insane because I feel like that's one of the very few races that I actually raced for in my most optimal way right yeah and i think it was because i didn't have like any sort of pressure because i wasn't affiliated to the school i wasn't worried about running with my teammates i wasn't worried about anything i was in a complete zen state and i just told myself i'm just gonna go out there i'm gonna go in the at a pace that feels good but it's not gonna be a pace that feels like it's killing me like it should feel like a workout when you go in a workout you know, the first few miles, it's, you feel good. I mean, you're moving, yeah. you're moving fast, but you're not, it doesn't, you don't feel like you're dying and you shouldn't be, right? So I feel like in that race, I got out there. I didn't care about anybody else. I just got into my rhythm. There's a group of individuals that are going at about my pace. I hung on with them. And in the last mile and a half is when you kind of grind it out a bit, but that's it, you know? And I think if people were to find that kind of sweet spot, they'll recognize that you could actually do way better and you're not even, uh, it sounds very odd, but you're not trying as hard. It feels effortless. It feels effortless because you're letting things flow. You've you've already put in the work. You've put in the work. Right now, for all the listeners, this is our second time recording. And right now, things are flowing a lot better because we're not so anxious. Maybe we got out the nerves. We're just just not caring as much. That's the way I would explain it. And very weird, but that's, I don't know. I think it's cool. In, in the flow. <laughs> in the flow. Okay. Um, so let's move on to some, uh, I'm going to ask you a question that's a little more, um, less tailored towards athletes, going to be a little more generic. You know, many of our listeners probably maybe aren't athletes, just everyday people. You know, it's the art of human. It could be anybody. We could have anybody listening right now. So, but a lot of people, they want to work out, right? They're, they're, they live in a sedentary lifestyle. They're, they're working a nine to five. They feel tired. But they want to get fit, right? A lot of people have that motivation. We're almost coming to New Year's. And a lot of people have that that new goal of getting fit. But a lot of people also get discouraged when they start off because they get very sore. They get a lot of this, a lot of that. What would you say um, is like your biggest piece of advice for someone who hasn't been working out very much, but they want to start getting into it so that they have like a nice, um, a nice, hopefully fluid start? Yeah. Uh, definitely start slow. Um, my, I would say my biggest recommendation is find something that you enjoy doing. If you are not a gym person, don't join a gym. Mm-hmm. If you're not a runner, don't start running. Find something that you like 
first, whatever that is. If, if it's walking, if it's hiking, if it's swimming, if it's playing catch with, you know, whoever or playing Frisbee, a- a- anything at all that's going to get your body moving. Um, start slow. If you truly are going from being sedentary to trying to be active, start slow, take your time. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use an example of, of, of going to the gym because I think that's something that's very relatable no matter what level you're at is, you know, I think new year's was a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having friends working at, at gyms, that's the biggest time where people come and sign up and do things and you get in there the first couple of days and you're excited and you're feeling good and you just overdo it. Mm-hmm. And then you're sore for four or five, six, seven days and you can't go back. And now mm-hmm. you're already out of the groove before you've even started. Um, so what I tell people, you know, and I, and I practice this myself is when I start working out again, if I've taken, you know, break of, of any sort is work out to the point where you feel good but you feel like you can do more, mm-hmm. but cut yourself off anyway so that you actually want to come back the next day. Like you almost feel like you cut yourself short and you wish you could do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Don't let yourself do it. Save it for the next day. Don't be a sore. And then again, this goes back to the idea of being consistent. And then mm-hmm. you can make it out to the gym or make it out to the track or make it out for your walk or whatever activity that you're doing four or five days a week instead of once and then trying to recover from that one session that you just had out there. So, you know, and then the other thing is, you know, get get out of that whole New Year's resolution mindset and yep. understand that health and fitness and getting your body and your mind in a good place is a long process that takes months and years. And, and I mean, it's re- a lifestyle. In a reality, a yeah. lifetime uh, to get there. And, mm-hmm. and so it's not one of those things that's just going to happen all of a sudden and, and you're not going to see results, real results really, really quickly. You know, again, everything, everyone you see on social media and on magazines and on TV, it's been years to get themselves to that point. Um, you know, and it's going to take all of us the, the same amount of time to do that. So start slow, be consistent, choose an activity you enjoy, and you'll be way more likely to be successful doing that. Yeah. And to kind of go off of what you just said, I think a big thing that I took away from what you said is like, do something that you enjoy. Like, fuck the, oh, I'm gonna go to the gym and like, I want to get huge. And like, I mean, if that's what you genuinely enjoy, if if lifting weights is fun for you, then do it. But don't do it so that you look like a certain way. Right. Because what's going to keep you consistent is doing something that you enjoy, whether that's you going to the park, you know, jogging over to the park, then kicking a soccer ball around for a little bit. And like, if that's what makes you happy, then that's that's great because I think a lot of times we become adults, right? You know, we used, we all were kids at some point. We become adults and we have this idea. We see that in society, you know, adults, they don't go to parks anymore. They don't play. You know, as an adult, you have to be going to the gym and you have to be like, it's just like this kind of made up reality where like, dude, you can be a kid. Yeah. Like just pick up a damn soccer ball, go to the park and kick it around Go play some basketball. Ask your friends if they want to go with you. Like, life doesn't have to change just because you're 18 years old. Yeah. Like, and I think slowly but surely, like, if you do enjoy this thing, like, you'll start doing a little bit more of it. And, like, it'll become more of a priority. And then it'll become a habit. And then once it's become a habit, you don't have to be thinking so much about it. Like I was saying earlier, like, it's hard to start, right? There's no denying that. Whenever you start something new, it's going to be hard. 
Yeah. But once you do it and once it becomes habitual, it pulls you forward. It's not so you don't have to be so obsessed with the idea of like, oh, I need to drop the weight. I need to I need to look good for the wedding or this and that. Like just make it a goal to enjoy what you're doing. And that itself is going to pull you along the way. And it, it's such an awesome journey. And, you know, I know Rum lives a, a healthy lifestyle and he could tell you like, you don't like it just kind of comes to you, right? Like it's kind of habitual now. You don't have yeah. to think too much yeah, about it. Yeah, and your, your body will end up craving it, you know. Yeah. And, and again, the idea of doing something that that you enjoy that's physically active, walking at the park, taking your dog for a walk or just going. You know, I there's even kind of a group where I live. I live near a a large mall there there's a group of walkers that go and walk around the mall an hour before it mm-hmm. opens um you know if you're someone who likes to shop you may want to do that without your wallet uh <laughs> just to save that aspect of your life but you know they go out there and walk around the mall for an hour and talk and enjoy it and do all those things uh, you know and i think the other tough part is we hear things like diet and you know um uh, cleanse your body and all this crazy stuff out there uh, and when you do that, I think you end up focusing on what you're missing and what you're not getting and what you've cut out, mm-hmm. uh, when you really should focus on what you are getting and the positive things and, and making better choices and what you, and you really don't have to cut out anything, just doing it in moderation and enjoying it and not putting yourself in, in that mindset of, oh, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, but really focusing on what you are getting. And I, and I promise you, if, if you're consistent with that for two to three weeks, your body is going to feel completely different. Mm-hmm. And just incorporating more balance. I think yeah. if, I mean, if we're talking about nutrition here, I think just having a more balanced diet, like, all right, this is what I eat. I eat a slice of pizza, right? I like to have a slice of pizza every Monday night with pepperoni, sausage, and like a cup of milk, right? But let's say I'm just going to incorporate some spinach i'm gonna get some spinach i'm gonna microwave it so it gets you know it's not like super like really high volume throw it on top of the pizza you have a way more balanced diet or when i wake up i like to have a bowl of frosted flakes when i go to work you know what i'm gonna get that frosted flakes and i'm gonna cut up a banana and you know with banana it's just little little things like subtle changes and they're they're the ones they're the changes that are gonna be more long-term right uh, super cool stuff i'm liking where we're going here um but let's move on to this next question i got here also another practical question many people in society in our current culture deal with depression and lack of life fulfillment what would you say to people who feel like that who just feel depressed and you know feel like their life isn't going anywhere and like they feel overwhelmed with everything uh, I think there are definitely a couple of things there. I mean, I, I think, you know, true depression is, you know, a serious medical issue. And, and if you are clinically depressed or you've been diagnosed with depression, you know, there's something going on with your biochemistry, your brain chemistry. Um, you know, there are genetic influences that affect that. There are, you know, things that happen in your environment that's directly around you or, you know, the personality you may have. So, um, you know, if you are concerned about being depressed, you need to go see a professional and you need to go be diagnosed if that's in fact what you have. Um, if you're just feeling, you know, like you're, you know, something has happened and, and you're dealing with feelings of being sad or, or, you know, struggling with things or feeling like, your life isn't fulfilled, you know, I, I think that's a, a very different 
idea and I think to deal with that, you really have to understand yourself and figure out what makes you happy and again get out of that whole idea of you know what does society want me to do what what does mm-hmm. society view as happiness or as balanced or what am i supposed to like it, it doesn't matter what you're supposed to like that's the reality of what you do like if you're not happy mm-hmm. at your job you could be making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and working in this huge building and wearing nicest suits and driving nicest cars and doing all that but if that's not what you enjoy you're not going to feel fulfilled. Um, and if you're on the opposite end of it, but you love what you do, then, you know, you, you could be really happy and you kind of, if you were just to take those two things and put those numbers and position titles and all those things on paper, you would assume that one is much happier doing better than the other. But, you know, in reality, if somebody is doing what they want to do and not, feeling like they're forced to do what somebody else wants them to do. I mean, I think that's the the beginning of finding that place of happiness and fulfillment. Wow. Yeah. And I I totally agree with everything you're saying because you know, I'm a I'm only 23 years old and I was, you know, I, all the listeners out there before we started this, I was telling Rum how, you know, I've been graduated for 6 months now. And uh, my life is a lot different because I haven't, you know, I've been going to school since I was four or five years old up until I'm 23. So it's like my life was just so kind of tunnel vision, school, athletics, you know, and then that was kind of it. You know, that was a big portion of my life. But then now as I've had the free time to not be so involved in things, I've kind of stepped back and taken the time to really understand myself. And you said one of the big things is understanding yourself, right? Um, disconnecting yourself for what society views as, as, an, as an ideal. But it's like, no, just forget about that. If you need to disconnect from maybe not being on social media as much, maybe, you know, being conscious of the kind of friends that you have, the kind of people you're surrounding you with, surrounding yourself with, are they making you feel good? Are they making you feel bad? And being in tune with your emotions. I think that's a big portion of self-discovery is recognizing your emotions and knowing that your emotions are signals, right? Yeah. We evolved, we're animals that we evolved, and the emotional signals, they're telling us something. So whenever you have some type of interaction and if it makes you feel like shit and it makes you feel bad, you know, let that be a message to yourself. Maybe you went to go hang out with a friend and then afterwards you felt like crap. You make that rec- realization. Don't let just let that slide and just like go nonchalantly about your life. And... I think if we start recognizing our emotions and, and you kind of give yourself space, whether it's you disconnecting from things and, you know, realizing what truly makes you happy and not because that's what your parents want you to do or not because someone else, then I think that's when the whole life fulfillment aspect starts to come in. You know what? I actually like to walk my dog and I really love dogs. You know what? Like, maybe this is my thing. Right. And I, yeah, man, we could go all day with yeah. this, but it's just like, it's real stuff though. Yeah. Like. Oh my God! What? What? When would you say that you felt? You know, you're how old are you? Forty-five. When would you say like you kind of felt like you kind of feel like self-discovered? I guess, or or do you feel self-discovered? Or it, it depends on the day. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about this a, a, a while back. Is growing up. Um, as the oldest son of an immigrant family, 
I really felt like I had to do things a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to go to school. I had to get certain grades. And then once I was done with high school, I was supposed to go to college. And once I was supposed to go to college, I was supposed to get a job and, mm-hmm. you know, buy a house and do all of these things that um, I felt like I was supposed to do, you know, mm-hmm. and all those societal norms and all of that stuff. And uh, it really took me a long time to figure out, you know, what my real passion and what my real path was. Um, I was fortunate enough to fall into a profession that, that I still love mm-hmm. um, 25 years later, but that's not necessarily the case for most people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So um, in that respect, I was, I was very lucky. So, you know, probably really recently still uh, <laughs> of really understanding that. And uh, again, you get into... There's the reality of balance of you do have to pay some bills. And if you Mm -hmm. have a family, you have to take care of your family and you have some responsibilities. So you can't, you don't always have the option of, oh, well, I love surfing. So I'm going to go be a free (laughs) surfer um, and and do all of those things. But, uh, you know, finding that, that balance and, and understanding, um, you know, that you don't always have to please everybody all the time. And uh, so probably much much later than i would care to admit mm-hmm. um but i think i'm closer to that um than i ever have been and i continue to move in that that direction and you know the things that i get excited about now and the things that drive me now were very very different than i would than they were five years ago or 10 years ago so i think also the understanding of what makes you happy now mm-hmm. may not be the thing that makes you happy four or five years later, or even six months later, and I'm saying it's okay to change. It's okay mm-hmm. to change jobs. It's okay to change relationships. It's okay to change your group of friends um, because you all may be going different directions. And, it, you know, there's, although I'm, I'm big on, you know, loyalty and things like that, um, you know, there is that balance as well of making sure you're, you're doing what's good for you and what's healthy for you and surrounding yourself with the right people. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because, you know, there's no there's no specific time, like, when you, like, when this happens, like, someone can be listening to this right now and be 40 years old, 30 years old, and be in a rut and feel like things aren't going well, and I think a big thing that goes in the head is, like, oh, man, I'm so old, right? And that perception of, like, just being behind is, like, what causes a lot of distraught or like what causes people not to move forward but it's like who gives a fuck like i don't care how old you are i don't like none of that matters like you know what if you're healthy you're healthy and like whatever standpoint you're at you just got to progress forward and not compare yourself to where other people are at because i think i think what we're all going for is just to be happy right i mean it's obviously you're not always going to be happy and that's not a part of human nature but if you're in pursuit towards happiness i think i think that's that's kind of where a lot of people need to use that as a metric towards their success. Use happiness as a metric towards your success. Yeah. Not the money, not the fame, none of that. But I mean, if you're famous and you make a bunch of money and you're happy, then all right, that goes too. I'm not denying that. Right. But yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty good little spiel there. Um, let's see here. This is my kind of last practical generic question that I have lined up for you. As a health professional, what's your most practical piece of advice for everyday folk who are simply trying to be healthy? I think it's pretty simple. Um, eat really good quality food. Be active. 
whatever that is for you. And like, like we talked about earlier, there's no set way, um, or, or the right way, as long as you're moving your body and doing something that you enjoy and surround yourself with good people. I think if you do those three things, um, you're going to put yourself into a really, really good place and a really good mind space and a really good physical space. So, uh, eating right, being active and being around good people that are supportive and positive. Simple. Wow. See, it's, it's all simple, right? It is simple. I mean, it's just the complexity of like the being a human being. It just makes everything seem like crazy and hard and all this. But I mean, it really comes down to basic, simple, simple fundamentals. And if you can be objective about it, you can yeah. kind of go towards that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, my, I have friends <laughs> who are having kids now and, and you like you, you look back and, and you see how happy young children are. They're yeah. running around, they're being active, they're choosing to do only the things they like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they're being fed and provided with good, healthy food and they're around people that love them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we all work so hard to try to grow up. Uh, you know, uh, so sometimes I think we have it backwards. Yeah. Wow. And I, I actually, whoever's listening to this on my Twitter account, I just started Twitter up just for this, uh, this kind of podcast, this idea. But I made a post about exactly what you're saying, exactly what we're talking about. I forget exactly what I said, but it was something to the extent of like, we shouldn't like shy away from being a ki- like having kid characteristics. Like, as a matter of fact, we should try to, to kind of keep those child characteristics of course like maturity and all that etc whatever but like playing outside and you know doing things that you like not caring about what other people think it's like all those little things that you had as a kid it's like just keep doing those things yeah like pretend you're still a kid sometimes i might walk out of here and just start running up the hill back to my car because i'm so happy you know i do random shit like that yeah and it's like it's, it's definitely the moments where i'm like the happiest right um all right, guys, so we're moving on to the very last question here. Um, I've actually titled it Human Race Question. <laughs> this is kind of just a pretty open-ended question, a, a type of question that I'll ask, actually ask during talking with strangers, pretty similar. Um, so here it is. Rum, assuming your voice could be heard by the entirety of the human race right now, what would be your message? I would say be accepting of other people and be open-minded. And I don't necessarily mean that everyone has to agree with what everyone else is saying. I think everyone is entitled to their opinions and thoughts of whatever's around them. Uh, but be a good enough person or be educated enough to open your ears and open your eyes and look around you um, and understand that your own perspective is only one person's perspective and that there are a lot of other great perspectives out there um, and be willing to listen to them because you don't have to agree with them. You don't have to, you know, go one way or the other, but at least be open-minded to people, to cultures, to religions, to, you know, political perspectives or or whatever that is, um, you know, and still have your own thoughts. And then just understand that, there's a greater world out there than just your own and the things that you do and the things that you say can have that butterfly ripple effect and you have no idea how you 
you know, just a smile to one person can affect how they feel. And maybe that goes on to affect someone else in a positive way. And the unfortunate thing, the, the opposite thing happens too. you know, you honk at someone on the road or you do something and you put somebody else in a bad mindset and they're going to carry that on to somebody else. So, um, you know, be, be positive, be a good influence in the world, make, make this world a better place than, than you, you know, came into it. And I think just doing simple little things like that, um, you know, can make this, this world and the society and the people around much, much better. Wow, Ron. So I guess that's the take home message, guys. Peace, love, positivity, perspective, love yourself, respect other people. And that's it. And just have fun. All right, guys. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show, Ram. Uh, truly an honor. You're the very first person in which, you know, I converse with and we're going to upload this online. Um, I, like I told you when I when I told you about coming on the show, I really do think you're a super beautiful human being in the aspects of all the things you just mentioned, you know, respectful, um, you know, good work ethic. Um I don't know how to explain, but you're just a beautiful person. And I think the people who know you and if anybody listens and, and knows you, they, they would say the same thing. I know for certain. Um, so thank you a lot. I appreciate you asking me. It's quite an honor to be, to be the first one here. And, uh, this has been a blast. I've enjoyed this a lot. It's great to see you again. It's great seeing you do something awesome like this. So just, uh, appreciate being a part of it. All right, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Goodbye. This quotes by Art of Human podcast host Sapien. I love you all. Sometimes they may not seem it, but it's just my baby human mind not being able to understand the vastness. Bless you. Bless us all. Until next time. <laughs>